Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coruscant Nights podcast. Very happy to have you here to talk about episode six of the Ahsoka series. My name is Cooper. Alongside me, as always, is Mark. Hello there. And Jack. Hello, everyone. All right. So we've had a bit of a chat before the podcast. The two fellas uh, joining me want me to speak first um, because we've got three very differing opinions on this episode. So I don't know if I'd say very differing. Well, not very differing. There's two very differing and one sort of in between, I I would say. Is is that correct yeah, to assume? I'd probably go with that, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. So if you've seen our Instagram post, you know that I very much like this episode. Behind last week's, I would have it as the best episode of the series. And I think a lot of people would agree with me. Uh, just go through any uh, comment section of any video or any uh, Instagram, Star Wars Instagram post, and you'll you'll see that the consensus is that it's a pretty good episode. I mean, there's not really a lot to 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 talk about in terms of what other people haven't already mentioned. I think we got a really nice story progression. It's probably not as much as I would have liked, uh, but generally pretty good. We got the finally we got the reveal of our main antagonist in Grand Admiral Thrawn, and um, we got Ezra finally, which was awesome. We got uh, the Chimera back in live action, which I think uh, Jack might want to talk about because mm. that was really cool and some of the cinematography. But overall, I think the note I made that was probably the most controversial for you guys was that this felt like the most Rebels episode of the series so far. And that was pretty difficult to top because episode one and two did a really good job at reestablishing uh, the characters and the stories and their personalities, and I think it did really well. This one, I know Hera and Ahsoka weren't in it, but there was never a moment in the episode where I was bored, per se, and the moments that were slower, I think, really felt like Rebels moments. So the moments where Sabine was with the was with the Howler and the Howler was chasing after. I thought, yeah, you know what, this is slow, but I can see this. This would be something that would happen in animation. So that's what I mean when it feels but, Rebel. And obviously getting Thrawn yeah. and Ezra and everything. So, yeah, that's uh, why I really liked it. We'll go into more details a bit later, but I'll hand off to Mark because you seem to yes. sit in the middle. Well, I was just going to add on to your point there, Cooper, that I, and I think I wrote it in my... Uh, Instagram review that it did also feel kind of slow in some parts. And I just want to agree with you there that that part did, I feel like it was actually straight out of the Rebels show or even could have been Clone Wars, which is good. But for, <laughs> for a live action show, I'm not sure. It, I feel like personally kind of detracts from, I feel like it's this show is meant to be about the overarching story. And you said it yourself that there wasn't a whole lot of pro- plot progression. If anything, it was really just we arrived in the new galaxy we met Thrawn, and we met Ezra, which, to be fair, are all things we kind of wanted to see a bit earlier. So yeah. with, with only two episodes left, I mean, I don't know if they have a whole lot of time to develop what's going to happen. I feel like it, I feel like if anything, the rest of the season might just be them going back or them getting back to the normal galaxy. Because yeah. I don't, can't see in two episodes how, you know, a whole war is going to start, for example. Yeah, good point. When he's only got such a small band of troops, essentially, one Mark, starship worth. He's he's on fire. I am I'm so agreeing with what he's saying right now. This is amazing. 
<laughs> well, thanks. But I'm, I think I'm going to go on to my dot points now, as yeah. opposed to which are a bit more specific, I suppose. Is with Thrawn. Thrawn is one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and I think that I personally think that he was done justice in this episode. I think it helps a lot that Lars Mikkelsen plays him with the voice, and I know this is where I think Jack kind of disagrees with this because Jack isn't a huge fan of his looks. As, as opposed to the hold, animated character. Hold on. Just quickly interject here. Before, I'll let Mark finish his point. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm saying... No, he, like, I'm not saying or... that he's... I'm not saying he looks bad. I'm saying his face looks a bit different, for example, uh, to the animated or even artwork like you've got yeah, behind I'll, you. I'll, I'll go into that later, but yeah, continue, Mark. Yeah. But his voice... Because I thought a similar thing, like he's he doesn't look exactly like he does in the show, but I feel like his voice helps a lot in him seeming like the Thrawn we all know. Like he's really about the, you know, he's got that very softly spoken voice and he always seems, even though he sounds like he's got a soft voice, he's in command mentally, which mm-hmm. is what I was getting from his lines and from his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the stormtroopers right here behind me, I don't know how I feel like that captain guy, Captain Enoch, I think his name is, with the gold mask. He looks really, really wacky. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure what they've done. Oh man, I'm so in disagreement of everyone today. This is what you just said. You're fully agreeing. Yeah, Mark. what not now? You, you're going back on your word. It just, I don't know. It looks weird. Like, I mean, I I'm agree. sure he's still, I'm sure he's still just the average stormtrooper, like the rest of them. But I mean, how, how do they? I think it has to do with the Night Sisters, actually, the the replacement with the gold face. Because the rest of them, like this guy here, if you can see it, if you're watching the video, he's he looks like he's just got worn and broken down armor, and then they've filled in the gaps with sort of like a gold sort of material, which I think looks cool, actually. I think it looks like, you know, it makes sense. They've been lost in another galaxy for, what, like 10 years or something. Yep. So it makes sense that they have to do some patchwork. Next point is the lightsabers, and I've been saying it throughout the, the show that I think they've been doing the lightsaber battles well, but then yeah, they do, and I want to make the point that Ahsoka does it in a way that's plausible, but they still don't seem to, they never like slice right through something. They can't, They. it seems like Disney doesn't want this to happen in the shows. Like, I've, wrote, I've written down that that like when they're from what I've seen in this show, when it comes to the lightsaber fights, it's like jabs or short slices with the tip of a lightsaber. So it, you know, leaves like a maybe a scorch mark on the armor or some or you know, their clothing. But it's never seems to be like a you know, they cut an arm off or something like that. So it's getting what I would consider to be dangerously close to the famed baseball bats. <laughs> <laughs> to what I like to call baseball bats. <laughs> It's not there yet, but because I Mark, think that, yeah, you gotta you gotta make a whole YouTube video about the baseball bat, the history I of do. the baseball bat. Like it's nothing like it's nothing like Obi Wan where he full on goes like whack or like <laughs> you know slices a stormtrooper and it bounces off the armor. At least in this one, it's more like you know it's the very tip of the lightsaber, so it seems a bit more plausible. I'm making these guys laugh the head off. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go are. on to my next point. Yeah. Which is, which is Sabine's sections in this episode. Personally, mm. I feel like I don't know if it's if lacking something is the right word, but 
they might have even been a bit boring in in some respects. Like, I think the the hell are you called it? I think the the creature that she was riding on. I liked those bits, but even the little turtle guys was it was interesting. But that's really all that there was with her. Like when she was in that prison cell bit at the start of the episode, that was fun and that was interesting to see what would happen with her. But the rest of the episode was pretty much just her walking and having no one to talk to and trying to communicate with these little creatures that somehow know Ezra. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, by coincidence, found her. So that's it's good, but uh, I feel like it was just a bit boring for me. And that's why, actually, that's why I was saying that I I, I was getting Rebels vibes because that's the kind of thing that you see in the animated shows, I feel like. Like, you know, interactions with creatures that they've never seen before. And that also brings me on to Ezra's introduction, and I'm pretty sure Jack agrees with me with this. It seemed a little bit anticlimactic. Oh, yeah. Because he, he basically just appeared out of nowhere, <laughs> coincidentally, and saw Saucer being there. And... Kubo, you got something you want to say there? Wait to argue against the Coopers. I know what no, you're No, no, you continue. I'm, I'm writing some rebuttals. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, it was still good to see him, but I feel like it could have been more of an impact story-wise. And I'm sure it was an impact story-wise, but to me, it only seems like it was to a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like There wasn't really any build-up to it in this episode, which, you know, there was with Thrawn, I would say, with like the Chimera flying over the, the sky in the shot. That was awesome. <laughs> but this one was just... A voice, and then the camera turns, and there's Ezra. So yeah. I'm hoping that the next two episodes will really develop with uh, Ezra and Ezra and Sabine's relationship, which I'm sure it will, especially with Dave writing. So yeah. I'm sure that will be fine in the end. Also, I just want to state, I'm sure a lot of people probably already knew this, but it just clicked with me when I was watching the episode why they arrived in a humongous hyperspace ring and I think it's for sending the Chimera back. Because didn't its its hyperspace engines break or something? And even if it didn't, it's been dormant for so long. Because why else would they need a giant hyperspace ring? That's a good question actually, because I didn't really think about that. But now yeah. when you I don't know, I think you need to almost put the Chimera in space next to the ring to see the size of it. Because I felt like the ring was big, but I don't know if it's wide enough for the well wide. if you remember when we saw uh, i think it was the ghost with hera it was tiny yeah compared to the whole ring yeah but the ghost is very small and you gotta th- it, well stuff. it's not very small but it is very it is pretty small yeah i, I mean know. it's it's large for a small ship if that makes sense also see thrawn in the trailer shot on the, the yeah on yeah the so I reckon they dock the hyperspe the um mm. chimera into the ring and then he goes up to the bridge probably unless they yeah yeah it's a good yeah. theory because I theory. mean I don't see why else they would need a a giant hyperspace ring and I had a conversation with one of my friends about this like we were saying earlier on in the show why have they made like just a giant ring that seems weird like a hyperspace dock for like back when the Jedi's used there for their small um... yeah exactly that's what it looked, that's what I'm saying so. It looks like it would be a hyperspace ring for the Chimera, I, I personally believe. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Weird and shape. I, like, the Chimera is a weird shape to put in a ring. That's well, I mean, if you think about it, it's the same shape pretty much as a Jedi Starfighter. Like, it's got like... I suppose, point. but the, the they had, yeah, had the middle bit across the thing, um, across the ring that oh, helped the oh, Jedi Starfighter go in and out. 
So I don't oh, know. yeah, that bit. Yeah. Well, who knows? We'll we'll see. We'll I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, they're gonna have to bring it back because, like, they're not I... gonna be able to transport all of the troops on on the eye. So that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could they could fit the tr- troops in the Chimera. I mean, you know, you could mm-hmm. just go up to the ring. But I think I'll end with my final dot point, which is that I think my fight, my favorite part of this whole episode was the bits with Balin and Shin, especially Balin. And as always, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson, but he did a fantastic, he's always, every episode he's in has just been a phenomenal performance. I absolutely loved like hearing his backstory and we're also starting to hear what his plans might be. So, you know, like he wanted to basically just go along because he's heard stories that there's something powerful on this new galaxy planet. And and Shin is, you know, he won't even tell Shin what it is. So he's keeping it very secret. And I love that the, that Dave is keeping a secret from us as well because it means we're also wondering what, mm. what the big reveal is going to be. Mm-hmm. Which, in fact, I almost feel like you could translate that to with Ezra, like how he just appeared. Yeah. And there was no mystery as to where he was, essentially. Like he just, there was a slight mystery, but then he just appears out of nowhere. As opposed with Balin's plans, us as the audience are sitting here for a few weeks between episodes, wondering what is it he's after and what are his final plans for the galaxy for when they get back. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just add, so I, I've got to credit Eric mm-hmm. Voss on New Rockstars for this. He seems to think it could be the Bendu or some some form of the Bendu. That he's oh, that's after. an interesting theory. Because the Bendu was the balance between the light and the dark, and that's kind of what they are, Balin and Shin. Mm, they're, they're kind of in between, aren't they? Yeah, my own theory was thinking, since we're on the topic, was um, it could be like an old Jedi or even Sith temple. He needs oh. something from that to kind of like balance out what, he, what he's trying to do, maybe. Like some power that gives him kind of um the abilities to... Tap in, make because maybe because you know how more he's more of a Jedi now. Even Knights just is like I smell Jedi kind of thing. Mm. The powers that you kind of get when you go to the dark side because he's not fully committed to it. So maybe that thing might open up abilities and stuff that he can learn to be able to be the new. Because I think he wants a new order for what he wants to train as a Jedi or like Grey Jedi, whatever they are. You know what I mean? Like he wants to be the overarching both, so like it never goes full of Jedi. Rise of Empires, just both, you know, kind of thing. Mm. That's my okay. theory. Nice. Yeah, that's interesting. It was definitely also interesting to hear Balin's views on the history of the galaxy, and you know what, what you know what he thinks the future is going to hold. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. Yep. And I think, I think that's it for my spiel. So if Jack wants to go. Okay. So um, uh, straight up, I'm. I just have to say, I'm going to talk about Sabine first. Actually, actually, no, that's a lie. I'm going to say, overall, if you guys saw the reviews on Instagram, I gave it just under a 7. However, I, it's still better than average, okay? So don't don't, don't get it wrong. I think it, I think it's a good... There's good aspects in this episode, but overall, I can't say it's a great episode because I think people are kind of overhyping it and overrating it already since we haven't seen a live-action Thrawn or Ezra. Since they're both in the same episode too, I think people are just forgetting the pacing of this, the structure of this, the the things it's bringing to the future of it. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's top tier. No, not, not, no, no, sorry. But um, 
for Sabine, when you guys were talking about how it feels Rebels, yes, okay. I agree that in Rebels have those kind of smaller interactions with um the characters. Oh, Cooper's getting excited here. Why do we need it in a live-action show? Also, also, the Sabine's not interacting with any, like, physical embodiment apart from the turtle things or the rock things. <laughs> a weird, funny play on a, a big aspect of a dog. How is that how is that in, intriguing? I'm sorry. It's just a, a space dog. That like, you can ride on. I'm getting I'm getting bored. It, it slowed the pacing of it down. And here's <laughs> Mark didn't mention this. Cooper might mention it later, maybe, or he will if I say this because he will rebut it. I think I thought, you know how um Enoch when lets Sabine go goes, Oh, die well, you know, no one's ever walked this on their own. They need like people on these lands. Wow, there was some sort of raiders. Oh, oh no, so scary. Where was the, where was like all the, you know, the trouble and toil that she needs to overcome to get Ezra? Like, where's this kind of thing that Thrawn and all them are too scared to go out for? Maybe we might see that with whatever Balin's talking about. But wow, that journey was so not fulfilling at all. Like, she didn't go through really any trouble. And all she did was, you know, basically in the end use a lightsaber, which defeated everyone. But like, let's just say Thrawn sent out a couple of, trips of battalions he would have destroyed those raiders instantly like i'm sorry but like it didn't give me any kind of like own anxious feelings or anything it was just kind of like once again anticlimactic it's meant to be some new planet that we don't know about and there's no no scary things at all really they were just random like almost tuscan raider like like come on you know what i mean like ah so that was that was disappointing um also turtle people cool looks cool you know i think some of them maybe I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Um, but with Ezra's reveal, wow. And Cooper's going to say, it's, oh, it's so in Ezra's taste. Like, it's so him. But, like, once again, he's been missing for 10 plus years. First live action appearance. Wow, he just peeks around a corner at a turtle poop people's hut. It's so not for yeah. as the audience members waiting so long for this. Mm-hmm. That, would, that would be a reveal, like, midway through, like, another season of Rebels. And this is mm-hmm. not... Season five. I'm sorry, and it's be honest here. It's Ahsoka, right? So this is meant to be like the grand, you know, reintroduction of these characters in live action. And all I can think about is the first time I've seen Ezra in live action, apart from the hologram, was at a weird hut of turtle people, <laughs> rock people. I'm sorry. I if I may say something, I don't mind that he's in a hut of turtle people. I just feel like the actual reveal itself was a bit of a letdown. And also, what backs that up for me, to be honest, is Sabine, no offence, um, no no, no judgment to the actor, I'm sorry. However, her mannerisms, yes, Sabine, voice, not Sabine in my opinion, and the way she voiced her, some of her lines in this episode just really, really didn't make me like feel any sort of, oh my god, they've reunited or anything, when Ezra's voice instantly, his dialogue was, so Ezra. Instantly Ezra for me. Sabine just felt like she was just going through the motions, getting that paycheck, you know what I mean? Like, did not I did not connect on any way with, with her throughout this episode and all the aspects of Sabine in this episode really just kind of left a foul taste in my mouth, to be honest, especially when she was screaming at Balin at the start going, like, oh my gosh, no offence. Like, that gives some emotion, gives some heart. You know, you're getting locked up in a Night Sisters prison. This is scary. This is not like, oh no. You know, like, I'm sorry. I, I could not get behind that. Thrawn's entrance. Now, now we're talking, McKay. This, out of all, all the shots in this episode, I thought they were all pretty lackluster and plain on a flat surface with no depth of field. However, wowza. The the shot of the chimera and how it lifts up, showing the perspective of the scale of it, perfect. Mm. 
favorite shots in all of Star Wars now. It's like this rivaling top spot, right? I love the gold-plated fixing of it. I thought that was a smart addition to it. Dave Filoni did good job. Good did a good job on that. Um, Thrawn's music, orchestral and chantings of Thrawn, was amazing. Unreal. Now, I was getting goosebumps. I was, I was, I was like, wow, this is cool. Thrawn, oh my gosh, we see him from the top down shot. We see from his back. I'm like, oh yeah, this is perfect. This is perfection. We cut to the stormtroopers' the legs as a as a troopers dying. <laughs> we cut to the wide shot. Wow, man, Thrawn's been and drinking well on this. On this, no offense, uh, I'm not. I'm not judging. You know, the actors are uh, well, kind of in, in the character of Thrawn. But I'm sorry to the, um, Lars Mikkelsen, but could he not? <laughs> could he not? I'm so sorry. <laughs> could he not? You just you, you're just like building it up for this massive like <laughs> out. Oh my god. Was I kind of ruined like my whole like I was like oh intimidating the music's building up then boof just beer belly shot you know like ah uh, you know like I'm sorry man Braun I've I've read like three of his prequel books and wow like he's built up as someone who not only is powerful in the mind and trains his his brain to be smarter than everyone else he also trains his body to rival physical capabilities. Well, I don't think the thing is though, person I don't. To play devil's advocate, I don't really think he's had to do much fighting. Oh, no, but that's big mark. He doesn't. He doesn't have to. It's not about him training his body to fight people. Is it, I mean, well, it is. That's what I'm trying to say. No, there's no threat for him to fight here. He trains for the preparation. That yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he was fighting rebels. He was fighting those assassin droid things, and he was beasting them. I cannot see this man throw a flying kick. He'll pull a hammy. Like this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, as a physical uh, scariness, yeah, his eyes help. Yeah, his colour helps. His voice is perfection. Yes, obviously, because he voices him in Rebels. His uniform looks cool. Um, a bit scuffed on the side there, which shows that, you know, he's a weathered kind of, you know. And <laughs> I, I'm sick of seeing people's comments and, and opinions about, oh, you know, he's like 70 now. He's aged, you know. He's a chiss. He's not a human. If he was a human species, yeah, he probably would put on some pounds. He's not, he's 70 for him. is probably just like mid, mid-age, like 40s. Like what? No, I'm sorry, man. That like, what was the personal trainer for, for the actor of Thorne doing? Because wowza. Could, didn't even try. Didn't even put an effort in. Like, this is his first live-action appearance. You know how much I've been waiting to see him in live-action? And you can't use a rebuttal of, oh, they don't look exactly like they do in animation. Because even in an animation, he looks so weird in that. He was tall and skinny. Like, Can I quickly just say something? Running. Is that all right? Is that all right? I just want to say I did a bit of fact-checking quickly, and it says that a chiss lived up to 80 years. 80 years? Well, there you go. Rebuttal. Like Rebuttal got me. So, okay, maybe that's why he's on the verge of death then, because he doesn't oh. at all. <laughs> he's oh he's going to die from just old age in a second. But um, to be honest, though, 80, that's even less than a human. So, oh, um, I mean, that's probably the average. You know. Yeah, well, that, that's interesting, because as an alien race, usually in Star Wars, they, as we know from Yoda, they live up to thousands of years. So if you're pulling off the age card, even still, like the way he's looking physically health-wise, he may be on the verge of death considering he doesn't look very good for, you know, you know what I mean? Like in Rebel, like, it's been 10 years, hasn't it? Since season four? Yeah, he's aged. He was what, like 60 then? He was looking good. Looking, looking good. 
Like if if the average age is eighty for like death, well then well, geez. So maybe that was just a like you know maybe it's a hundred plus. Maybe he can still live up to. Maybe it's just like the average chiss. Maybe just does that. But anyway, sidetracked from where I was, I think what they could have done, which I think would have made him a bit more imposing in my opinion, is have we've done it in Star Wars before with Darth Vader and Darth Maul, is have um a body double almost like physical like stunt for Thrawn with Lars's voice. I know it kind of seemed like a disservice to Lars himself getting the opportunity to do it in like live action. That's probably why they wanted to give it to him, which is fair enough. I love him. It's fine. It was just, it just left a bit of a, hmm, like I can't see this man physically in combat against someone with, you know, like hand to hand combat mentally fine. Yeah. He already like, even when he said like, Oh, I need to know Ahsoka's background, master history training. I need, you know, that's perfect. That's perfect throne planning and everything. But with this dark magic thing that he says at the end, is this about an added thing from the sto- for the stormtroopers or like the night, what were they called? Night troopers? Trooper? Yep. Yeah. It could be maybe he's aiding his own personal strength. Maybe this is where he's getting untapped power that makes him live longer. Maybe Mark, what? But, yeah, um, maybe, yeah. Maybe. um, but yeah, Thrawn, I think still done well. I just, it kind of, it was noticeable. <laughs> Seeing it for the first, like, now I probably wouldn't care as much for the future episodes, but when you first saw him as in, why did they have to do him dirty with that side view? Like, the front views, like, if, for example, we see on Cooper's screen there, if you guys are watching, that looks fine, you know? But those side views, every time, like, they just cut to the side, I'm just like, it's not even, it's not fat or anything, it's just like, like, the fitting of the costume and the clothes, it just, I don't know, it's, oh, it looks weird. But, um, uh, going on the Troopers because I'm going to try and link to what everyone else has been saying on the on the podcast before me. Um, I like the gold plating. I don't think it's Roman-esque. I think it's real realistic in terms of what the materials they had to gather for it. Don't know why it is gold, though. Like, how do they have gold metal on this planet? I don't know. Did they have, like, consumption? Who knows? Maybe it's, maybe it's rich in gold. You never know. Maybe, yeah. Um, Enoch, I actually love. I think it gives you... I think he's the only living trooper left or, like, person with his guard that's why he's the leader of them i think he might have some disfigurement maybe or something maybe that that's why he wears that helmet kind of representing who he is on the inside having more of the mouth structure kind of be a bit golden the rest is kind of stormtrooper-esque um also like he's kind of cloth robe like kind of like boba fett new new boba fett with like the black in between filling in the gaps i really like that touch voice what can you say it's kind of like the generic um voice changer thing that like Anyone in the helmet has in Star Wars nowadays, so can't say much on that. Night Sisters, you guys didn't mention them yet, but wow, I thought they looked really good. Because when they announced Morgan was a Night Sister, I thought nothing like them. But I guess it makes sense because she wasn't born like she's like a descendant. And if you look at it realistically, you know you slowly get less and less of whatever the descendant was from. But this shows clearly that they still have what it takes to show, you know, what a live action Night Sister looks like. Um. What else did uh you guys mention, actually? I think I've talked about mainly everything. I just think that this episode was very hyped up because of the productions. However, if you look at it holistically, I think it didn't really progress the story much. There's only two episodes left. I think that they really should have done this introduction earlier or at least stopped lingering on how long it takes on this hyperspace travel because next episode is probably going to open or at one point, see the purple exit the hyperspace with Morgan shooting at them or whatever. But it's like, wow, we've seen so much, like, going in and out of this hyperspace, like, travel. I'm like, I know you're trying to show that it's 
another galaxy it takes far but like you can just assume that as the audience you don't need to like show it physically every single time i'm sick of these like what's it called introductions of the episodes having that also another thing actually i really wasn't a fan of the title of far far away because it was <laughs> it was like haha you know they're going far far away is what we see on the title calls. and and um ho yang's line at the start yeah like that was pretty cool he's the first character to say it physically and ever in star wars but like the title i was like oh you know i know we already had um a title card saying the return but i was thinking it was something along the lines of that teasing throne and i was going to get even more hyped but like far far away i'm just like what is a fairy tale why not <laughs> like, aiming for punny and i'm just like what but <laughs> overall i think the episode was good just nowhere near top tier what cooper was was saying like no i'm sorry it's storytelling wise pacing wise plot wise even cinematography wise aside from those cool shots and sound and and sounds no nah, does not rival the previous episodes and i think mark said before the uh we started um podcasting he did say that the anakin introduction before should have almost probably been left after this yeah i was saying that having anakin in in the episode before this one kind of made everyone go you know super the excitement level went right up here seeing his cameo and Thrawn and Ezra aren't really cameos because they're going to stay in the season. But if we call them cameos because we've been waiting for them, since they've come after Anakin, I feel like everyone's kind of a bit, you know, their the excitement was all from last week and it's kind of less exciting, I'd say, because everyone loves seeing Hayden Christensen come back. Say, but, and Hayden for ages when yeah. we're in Rebels and stuff like frequently. And, and, and that's why... I feel like our point that me and especially Jack have been making throughout this season of our podcast is that we feel like we should have seen Ezra and Thrawn earlier on, mm. even if from their perspective before the heroes arrived. And I feel like if they did that, not only would it have been less of a letdown, I think that's why also we've been saying it's a bit of a letdown, especially with Ezra, because it comes off seeing Anakin. Yeah. So if we saw them first and then saw Anakin, like an episode or two later, I yeah. feel like... I feel like everyone would be, their minds would just be blown even more than they already were. Because this would have been the hype, pre-hype almost. And then even like having Anakin the next, yeah. wow, they, they're really exactly. guns. But also I did remember what I was wanted to fi- quickly say about the Ezra thing. I did touch on it. Um, with the anticlimactic bit of Ezra, I just, when they were making out like he was lost, you know, like um, Thrawn's not even sure where he is. It doesn't feel like, it was rewarding to find Ezra. Like it, it wasn't hard at all. It wasn't a hard mission. It was like, I just, it, it didn't sit well with me because I'm like, uh, just Thrawn was hard to get to, you know, like he obviously had help from Night mm. City and everything. And then there's this Ezra in a, in this planet, just chilling with some people. Like ugh, it just, ugh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great in my opinion. And I'm sure that I'll, very much argue whatever Cooper's going to say because he's he's building up he's building up from everything he's uh we've we've talked about. So I will pass on the baton, as you would say, to Cooper. And yeah, that's just my overall thoughts. Okay, first thing I want to say, Mark, that you did a really good analysis today. Mm. Oh, thank you. Um, and I think I think um, preparing helped. I'm just saying. Yes. Yes. Um, I think so. Jack, that was probably the most I've laughed in a long time because you just completely took a dump on how Thrawn looked, like one tiny little thing, and just began to rant on it like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> um, 
I've got a couple of points that I've just written from listening. The first thing I want to ask, do you think that Ezra looked like a uh, medieval knight? No, nah, Jesus. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't <laughs> think he looks like a medieval knight. I think he looks like Jesus or Moses or something like that. He looks really? like a I biblical he figure. Like a yeah, I guess so. If anything, like a, like a monk-esque. He looked like okay. a... Yeah, I wonder, actually, I wonder if it's on purpose that he looks a bit biblical. Looks because biblical. he's kind of a holy, holy warrior, so... Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just thought he looked like a knight with his uh, clothes. I've got another Fair question. Enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mark. I don't know why. I for me? No, for both. Everyone. Oh. Yeah. Do you reckon we're actually going to see him shave his beard and head to make it look more... Really? You think he's going to rock with... I think he's going to keep it as well. I don't know. I kind of I kind of don't know how I feel about... The beard, yeah. The hair. I'm, I'm just so used to Ezra's skinhead that, like... <laughs> It's giving me just blue-eyed Jesus vibes, you know what I mean? Like, well, we did we did see his hologram when he didn't have a beard, so who knows? That's what I'm saying. Mm. Maybe character growth now, or I don't know it... if I don't know if he has the utensils to to even shave where he is. Yeah. Maybe who knows? Maybe go on. Um, <clears throat> you guys are gonna rag on me for this. You said you, Mark. You said you were okay with the turtle guys, Jack. You. Said they look cool, but didn't really serve a purpose. To me, it's part of the world building. And this is why I Mm. said Peridia was, in my Instagram review, seeing Peridia, I said it was somehow something like we hadn't seen before. And that's that's not like just the landscape. I mean, we have seen like desert-ish planets before, but this, I don't know, there's just something that had a vibe about it that just was different. And then... You've got the different species and the howlers and the turtle people. I thought, you know, it's it's cool and interesting. And you've got the monuments and obviously the backstory of it being the, the home world of the Dathomiri, I thought. Or the, the, the what was it? It wasn't the home world, was it? Yeah, they migrated to Dath. Oh, Dath- okay. The place was okay. So I, I really like Prettier and I think the turtle guys were fine. Um, Ezra's appearance out of nowhere. It's such an Ezra thing to do. I know you said that can't be an excuse, but it doesn't need an excuse. It it was a great appearance. I thought it was exactly like how it would be portrayed in animation as well. What do you want, honestly? If I can say He's something been... here. Yeah, all right. I agree with you that, that it was an Ezra in- entrance, but I feel like just like in the making of a show terms, like I feel like it didn't have much build up. And for someone who's so influential and impactful, like Ezra, who sacrificed his own life to save his friends, just be leaning on a moving on. Oh, you, like, you know what comes to my mind when I think of of what I'm trying to say is when it's the, the famous line that I say out of every episode when everyone says to Grievous, "Hello there," but there's like that musical sort of rising, you know, and then that's when he says it. I feel like that would have been the perfect sort of thing because it's a very um, thing for you know, like you were saying, so Ezra thing to do to not go over the top, but then I feel like if there was a bit of just a bit of music or something to suggest something like that was about to happen, it would have made it a lot better, yeah. Because I think in my head, I was feeling Ezra was like almost like on the brink of like not surviving this hard wasteland kind of thing, and he was like in a cave, maybe kind of like you know, looking rough and stuff, and it's kind of like the opposite of what this was like he's looking hopeless 
and sad, but like right now he looks like he's chilling. Like why bring him home? Like, you know, he's fine kind of thing. You know what I mean? I was hoping because he's seeing Thrawn with his powerful thing. You have that kind of, what's it called? The um contrasting of it. You have Thrawn who looks like he's almost flourished from this experience and learned from it. And then you're going to have Ezra kind of struggling in this thing. And he desperately needed Sabine to come now. It looks like he, she could have came 10 years later. doesn't matter when she came, if she just came because he's fine. You know what I mean? Mm. It doesn't sort of like fulfilling kind of seeing him again in that Someone way. who's been on his own for 10 years, it seems. Yeah. Well, I guess he actually, he learned their language journey. So I guess he wasn't really alone. He's thriving as, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to, I kind of want to see a different side of that. He looks like he's just the same. And it's fine, you know, but like maybe next episodes we're going to see like the tr- trouble he had to go through, you know, maybe who knows, but we'll see. Maybe. I mean, no. we're already looking at Thrawn, going to look at Ahsoka's past again. Um, and if we're going to get that, how's Ahsoka going to fit? This is what I mean, right? There has to be a season two now, or these, these last two episodes have to be over an hour long each because mm. there's just so much left to do yeah. in two episodes mm-hmm. my opinion is going to end um what's it called cliffhanger s because mm-hmm. since production we've heard that obviously with the mando movie that Thrawn's going to be the big bad hasn't that kind of kind of just spoiled everything that in this episode in the show that obviously he has to escape kind of thing mm-hmm. or gets away i feel with- like i feel like it's just going to end with them going back to the normal galaxy and that's how it's going to end yeah having Thrawn, you know somewhat trap them supposedly like- planet and Thrawn gets into the new galaxy see him hyperspace uh, hyperspace hyperspace and like he's just got like that kind of devilish smirk on his face going like this yeah Mm. I think I think the next episode just going to be Ahsoka arriving and then Ezra and Sabine and probably Ahsoka talking a lot really I think it's going to open up either with Ahsoka obviously coming in but I think it's going to have a battle with them in the space with the Pergils, and then I think it's going to cut to Balin and Shin attacking Ezra and Sabine because that's where they're on the on the tails of them. That's true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens with Balin and Shin. I yeah. forgot got to back up Mark's point with that. I love Balin. And Shin. I feel like Cooper would too. I feel like we're universally the one thing about this show is love Balin and Shin. <laughs> like, yeah. Productions. We love their character development. We want we want to see where they go to. And yeah, it's great. Anyway, continue, Coops. Well, I do realize that we've kind of been going for a while, so I just want to f- I want to finish up with one more point, and it's actually on Balin. The point he made about the cycle, mm. like mm. repeating again and again, and he just I love that he seemed so deflated in the thought of it. He's just like again and again and again, like thinking of the cycle. That has been my when I when I think of different projects to create. That's what I think of. I'm like, how does the galaxy get to a state where every time a major faction loses, another one rises, and then they lose, and then another one rises, and then they lose, and so on. And it's just this cruel cycle. And I love that Balin like, was able to explain it in this episode. Mm, he has an interesting view of history. It's impossible to, to be in power forever. Yeah. Yep. Always one little minor slip up one too close relative character who wants power, you know, it just, it, and I think that's where Balin's blind side is going to be. There's no way you can have that kind of have just one power, you know, and that's where he's blinded, I think, because it's, it's impossible. That cycle has to happen for kind of the galaxy. Forever. Yeah. Otherwise it's not, maybe just destroys itself. The galaxy, you know, it kind of, it kind of needs that thing. It's almost fate destiny, 
you know, mm. like, and it's interesting to to see what Shin will do with it as well. Oh yeah, questioning makes me feel like she wants to almost. She's almost envious that she wasn't a Jedi. You know, she always asks. Even in that, when I forgot to mention this about Balin, but we're on the topic of it. You know how how they're looking at the remains of Sabine's people that attacked her. She asked out of nowhere, um, about the the Jedi Order. No inciting thing in it. Like she's always asked about Jedi. Is that about Jedi Temple? That's Jedi Order. You know, always about the Jedi, 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 right? And Balin goes, "You, did, I think we talked about this briefly, Cooper. You didn't really. I don't know if you didn't like it or you're just a bit confused why he said that about he liked the idea of the Jedi Order. I really like that. Yeah, that was interesting, mm. actually. He wants an order. He likes the idea of training. You know, a collective force users into something more, but he doesn't like how blinded the Jedi were and how kind of egotistical they were too, which was that, you know what I mean? So I thought that made sense. I didn't think it was like confusing or kind of like, eh, why would you say? Yeah, but the idea of it, I even think is great. But when you look at it realistically, it wouldn't work anytime because as you said, there's always people who would oppose that. There's never one perfect rule. So that's why he like not wanting it though. Exactly. So it's kind of interesting. Exactly. On that topic, I am wondering, because when he says he likes the idea of the Jedi Order, I wonder if he likes the idea of a Jedi Council or if he just pre- prefers have one Jedi in charge of the whole Order. Yeah, kind of like how Luke was and then it failed once again because mm-hmm. of the, the repeated cycle of it. You can't have you can't have that. But all I, I want to, because I feel like Cooper's going to finishing up the, uh, or Mark even finishing up the podcast, I want to say two things, actually. I feel like and once again, this episode reminds me that I feel like this should have been a movie or a part of like a movie franchise thing because yeah. a lot of things that don't need to be dragged on, there's a lot of things that could have been cut, there's a lot of things that would have been done better as a movie, in my opinion, and it would have been a lot more grand, and I feel like you would have got a lot more people even watching it and going to the movie. You know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. We haven't got to go to a movie cinema for Star Wars for ages, right? I, I think people go to see movies more than watch TV shows as well. People don't want to, and especially the one week waiting between stuff. People, mm. some people like, unlike us, like fans and stuff. Even people want they'll wait till the end to binge it all. But like, it's hard for like mainstream people to watch a episodic show because they don't theorize between episodes like us. They will just sit there and be like, "Oh, that that's happening on Wednesday." They would forget maybe every two weeks. They might go, "Oh yeah, I was watching this." You know what I mean? Like it's not. It doesn't grasp what a movie can do. And I think that's what the show is failing at the most, I think. When Andor benefits from a show, because mm. probably would go to the movies to watch a slow burn. For a, like, imagine that whole first Andor season was one movie. Just, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, they might go, ah, that's a bit long. I, I think that's why we've been saying constantly that Andor works as a show. I think it's to do with arcs, story arcs. Because so Ahsoka doesn't really have that. No, nah, and that's why I'm saying it can't be like that Rebels feeling because it's not, yeah. can't have it because that, Rebels have a lot more time to do it. You know what I mean? That's, that's exactly right. It's with the turtle thing. That's why me, and I think this might be sort of what Cooper was saying, that it feels like Rebels. I feel like that's that's what a like what an arc would be in the show, in the animated show Rebels. Need that now kind of thing. It's Ahsoka, you know, but... If it was Rebels Season 5 live action, then you would have the arcs and you would have, you know what I mean? So that's when you feel like you could have that kind of stuff. Oh, I forgot. I did a mark. <laughs> Other um, uh, concluding point, but uh, you go, Cooper. It's okay. I'll be sad. No, I was I was pretty much done with my points. So if you want to... I can't remember. It's gone now. Oh, no. Out the He's window. done to me. I'm going to remember. He has it. done to me. 
He's gonna remember while we're doing the sign off. As soon as as soon as I click end recording, <laughs> it's, it's it, when it. Unlike Mark, sorry, it, it it comes back from Mark during it. For me, it's, yeah. once it's gone, it's gone. Gone, yeah. That's Did it to do with with arcs or something or Andor? Ah oh, man, I forgot. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, I'm gonna put you out of your misery, so you don't have to think about it anymore. Does anyone? No one has any more points they want to make. I think, no. I think I'm good. Okay, all right. Well, that was... I think that was probably a lot longer of a discussion than we thought mm. it was going to be. And I know we say that every week, but this one... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's our longest Ahsoka episode. It, it was going to be longer because of just how much... When we did our initial reactions to each other. Mm. Last week, we all universally liked it. It was pretty straightforward. Plot was straight. That's it. This is a bit more theorising what's happening now kind of thing. I reckon that mm. this is the most separated we've been in terms of what we think about an episode yeah. of even since Mandalorian oh. since we've started this channel I think this one's been the one where we've been divided three ways yeah. about what we think. There's usually a lot of times 2v1. So. Well and I'm the one. <laughs> usually. Usually. 1v1 now for this one. Yeah. 1v1v1 yeah. Anyway that'll do us for this week. Our finale is coming weeks. in two weeks from now. Um, got episode seven coming Wednesday, which will be cool. Uh, just a reminder, go check out Instagram and TikTok for uh, uploads on Ahsoka. Um, we appreciate you going and checking them, uh, checking them out. If you're watching on YouTube, give the video a like because, you know, why not? Um, we're close let us know to what 100... you thought of the episode. Yeah, let us know what you thought. We're close to 100 subs. If we could get to 100 subs before the end of the year, I think that'd be a good achievement. Very um, good so, you know what? There's no, there's no harm in hitting the subscribe button. And if you're watching or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even iHeartRadio, we're on iHeartRadio now, uh, give us a five-star review because, you know what? We're a high-quality Star Wars uh, podcast. And I think, I think I'm being modest. I think that our analysis, having proven today is uh top tier so you know what just go do it i haven't asked before but you know what there's always uh time for these things but i think besides that no one's got anything else to say so that will do us so thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week yeah bye-bye